When it comes to hard work, there's one important rule. Pick the right tool for the right job. That's why Chevy offers a family of Silverado pickup trucks designed just for the job. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. This Taylor Swift update. Breaking news. (laughs) Apparently she's in Los Angeles right now. I was getting updates on my phone last night. So the plane did leave... What was it, Tokyo, I think? Tokyo, And uh, I was getting updates on my phone that she had left whatever stadium it was in Tokyo, that she was at the airport in Tokyo, that the plane had taken off. When she landed, she landed in L.A. That's the last that I actually know of her whereabouts right now. What was the in-service in-flight meal? Did we get that yet? It was a private plane. Oh, darn. Yeah, it was a private plane. Well, they still have food on their planes. I'm pretty sure that it was an in-flight meal, yes. Okay. But maybe she slept. Not a good point. Because she's got to have all that enthusiasm at right. the game today. Right. So I don't know if she's uh, still in L.A. Maybe she rested. Or she took off. There, there's, They say that they're not going to release her uh, itinerary today for security reasons uh, of when she will actually land in L.A. in uh, Las Vegas. So... What if they'd parachute her in with the American flag? Oh, what do you think? Fantastic. While Reba McIntyre singing the national anthem, mm-hmm. Taylor Swift parachutes, parachutes in with the American the flag. Stadium. I think that would be awesome. Oh. If it happens, you heard it here first. That would be the greatest. <laughs> if it doesn't, forget about that. Start floating the idea. We've never let accuracy stand no, in the way no. of us doing anything. <laughs> Well, welcome to Super Bowl Sunday. Joining us on today's uh, Super Bowl Sunday program, one Mr. Elton Jim Toronto. Hey, it's a windy city weekend, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make fun of my jingle. Fire I'm not one, the first. Fire one off at any time. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is a super weekend. The newly nominated, newly Jeff. Oh, right. uh, Nominated Jim Toronto for his uh, theatrical work. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that later on. That's a uh, two consecutive, by the way. But we can talk about that later. Yeah. (laughs) It's a windy city weekend. (laughs) Shawnee, how are you today? He's not even there. He's so oh, good, he ran away. <laughs> Sorry, I had a newsroom to run. Oh, all oh, the Apple turnovers must have shown up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we have a food order. The up. microwave just went off. <laughs> yeah, because we never talk it right at the beginning of the show. It's a good time to step away. Yeah. <laughs> that red light, uh, Dave. That means on the air. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you okay, Schwanny? I'm fine. Yes. I'm quiet. When I stopped in the newsroom this morning, you seemed uh, quiet. Well, you saw me. Is something was, wrong? Is no, something, nothing's wrong. Is there something just, you want to talk preparing, about? I was preparing for uh, the 9 o'clock newscast, blah, blah, also preparing blah, blah, for blah. the far-flung forecast, oh. too. Oh, you don't write so. those like days in advance? Well, I do, but I finalize everything here, you know, as we get into the show. Works with his editors. And yeah. His, it, has to be or, it has to be an organic presentation. <laughs> right. Well, plus you need the, the, the uh, exact temperature right now that's right 
Yeah, this is yes. no... Uh, yeah. And he's waiting for delivery of his compass and protractor. <laughs> <laughs> and newfangled devices. <laughs> he calls, calls Jane Pauly to make sure she's not doing the same thing. <laughs> you should give him a horn. <laughs> like they do on the Sunday, Saturday I'm not CBS. Familiar, I'm oh, not. you don't watch that show? I'm a little busy on Sunday morning. Don't you tape it? No. That's a good show. Yeah, not interested. Oh, not interested. (laughs) Next. Wow. Well, that's done. Wow. Uh, So how excited are you, Andy, about all all of this madness? Well, I'm actually more excited that uh, the season is finally going to come to an end so we can concentrate on what the Bears are going to do with that first-round draft choice. But... uh, this this should be a good game. I mean, this is two really good teams with and everybody's focusing on the offense, but these two teams play tremendous defense, yeah. which is uh, has not been the calling card of Kansas City in recent years. It's been all about the offense, but their defense is ranked very high in the AFC, and the, of course the the Forty ers have been up toward the top of the the conference the last three years. So this will be interesting to see how this uh, all kind of plays itself out. It's pretty much even, right? I mean, the the yeah. spread. Yes, it actually was. It started at two and a half. Uh, with the uh, the 49ers favored by two and a half, and it's down to a one and a half. I would think this is a this is a very for the first time in a long time. These are, this is really a a game that you could watch even if it wasn't the Super Bowl. Yeah, there's there've been some pretty good games in recent days. I mean, uh, the, the the game last year with the Eagles and the Chiefs was uh, went down to the final possession. Right, and uh, it's always better when the game is not in doubt unless of course the bears are playing it and then you want it to be a 46 to 10 massacre uh so you don't have any don't have to get any ulcers you can eat the pizza uh but yeah this should be a pretty evenly matched game i mean it's a young quarterback who was of course uh, famously drafted last a couple of years ago mr irrelevant brock purdy who was leading his team to the super bowl and uh patrick mahomes it seems like uh you know every super bowl in the last uh, five years has featured him uh, this is only the third time but uh it's it, it seems that way Everyone seems to uh, be favoring the Chiefs. Yeah, a lot of the money has come in on the Chiefs in the last uh, 48 hours, probably, 36 hours. And I'm sure it's going to continue to come in. That if, if you wait and you're really a gambler and you want to kind of wait, that, that line could go down uh, to as few as maybe one, uh, which, you know, that, that hook always gets everybody. That's one and a half right now. But uh, there's a lot of money coming in on Kansas City. Hard to bet against Mahomes in a big game. It really is. I mean, he's proven it. He's got the track record. Uh, Purdy is kind of establishing himself as that kind of a quarterback right now. His team really believes in him. But when you you talk about uh, Kansas City, you know, there's a couple of guys that just kind of pop up in your mind immediately, and it's Mahomes and Kelsey, and that that, that group and that duo has done some pretty big things in the last uh, the last four or five years. That Pacheco, that running back, though, he's really coming out. Yeah, too. Isaiah Pacheco has done uh, some nice things. They have Rasheed Rice, who's a, a young uh, receiver that uh, has made a couple of big catches in the playoffs. So <clears throat> it was a different route for, for Kansas City this year. They, they're used to winning the AFC Championship game at home. This was the first time that Patrick Mahomes had to go on the road in the playoffs. And uh, everybody was doubting him, but uh, where'd he end up? Right back in the Super Bowl. Shwani, what's your pick today for the Super Bowl? Oh, I think it's fine. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> did you just text? Did you just text on our text lines? Because somebody texted in saying, "I'm rooting for the team wearing red." That seems, <laughs> that seems like something you would say. Yeah, but see, the one team is going to be wearing white, and the other team is going to be wearing. Do you red. know who's wearing what colors? Yeah, the Chiefs are in the in the reds. Because there is a prop bet. Yeah. That I guess that I've, I've heard of somewhere. What, who's wearing what? 
you know, like the white or the dark jerseys. Yeah. Because I think the last four Super Bowls, the team in white has won or something. Yeah. Some, so the, that, the, the AFC. Is that not known? Will they not know until they oh, come no, they, out they on know. the field? No, they know now. Yeah. I just didn't know if it was announced. I yeah. didn't know who there's, who's considered the home team. In How the, many Taylor Swift uh, prop bets are there? There's, there's probably a hundred oh, of them. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of them. How many times? They'll show her. How many times they're going to do the cutaways? Right. For oh, how yeah. long they'll show her if she's going to show up on stage with Usher at halftime? Yeah, I really a, think that's a possibility. Yeah. I've already no, I've already heard that that is not going to happen. Yeah. No, I've heard from people producing the show that that oh, is not. Listen to you. If big, she parachutes in with the American flag, <laughs> that, that would be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> There's a prop bet as to when they get the first shot of her, mm-hmm. who's standing next to her. Yeah, you can bet on the person. Yeah, that's standing next to her. <laughs> yeah, there's a ton of these Crazy. prop bets, and then, and a lot of them will even cross cross over sports. There'll be uh, LeBron James points today versus uh, Patrick Mahomes rushing yards. Oh. Uh, oh, so they wow. go cross sports. So it's there, there's if you look hard enough, you can find something that you can get on board with to to make a wager. Who are you going for, Dean? I, which uh, color uniform do you like I, best? Which color outfits? <laughs> yeah, which, <laughs> what outfits do I like best? I don't know. I'm, I mean, I don't follow it uh, during the year, so I have. Everyone seems to be going for the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, honestly, I don't want to sound cynical about, it, but honestly, I could. I don't. I don't really care. But you watch for the commercials. I don't watch for the commercials. <laughs> uh, I have become one of these people that could care less now about. The commercials because mm-hmm. they've all been yeah, re- you see released them already. already. Yeah, you already everything's see them. been released. There's no that element of surprise that there used to be of a great commercial is no longer there anymore. It, it, so that part is gone. In a week's in a week already. It's like they did it. They were showing them last week, oh, if yeah. not before. It's like oh, yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Be, because every you know all the um, I, I I can see what they do because they release them. To us at the TV station, thinking, "Oh, we've got an advance on the right. commercial. We better run this right away." And I didn't run any of them. I didn't, I didn't show any of them. Good for you. Because uh, if you want ads on the WGN Morning News, we have a sales department <laughs> uh, for that. They'd be happy to take your business. <laughs> They'll be happy to talk to you about running your commercial. Plus, I think the quality of the commercials, the the creativity has not been as sharp guess, as it was ten or fifteen so. years ago. Yeah, I mean, compared to the the days of. The old, uh, what was you know, the Apple uh, com- a computer. Right. Well, that was the one that, that started. That's legendary. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was legendary. But the great, uh, you know, Bud. Why? Remember the remember the Clydesdales at nine yeah. eleven. Clydesdale commercials where they where they, the, the horses all yeah. duck their heads and yeah, things like that. Those were beautiful commercials. And, yeah. I, and I don't, I don't, I haven't seen anything like that. No. Um, they're more celebrity driven, and there's they're, they're one yeah. joke. Right. Kind of ending what's, ironic. What's going to be interesting you know. uh, with the commercials is to see how many lip gloss commercials <laughs> they're going to be because they are expecting a much higher than usual audience of young teenage yeah, girls. Yep, that's the truth. Yeah. Because of uh, Taylor Swift. So, you know, maybe instead of... The bedazzler. Uh, let, let, let commercials for the bedazzler. <laughs> the bedazzler. You can rhinestone your jean jacket. <laughs> like you don't anyway well <laughs> the uh yeah so this, i mean that part's going to be uh interesting for me it's going to be the entertainment sidelines all the things which are not game related the halftime show reba mcintyre is doing the national anthem post malone post malone is interesting choice is going to sing america the beautiful he's oh, cool. like a kind of a rock and roll rapper yeah 
Uh, he's the guy whose face is all uh, tattooed yeah. as a frame of reference to who he is. But he would have been not the person that I thought to sing the traditional uh, America the Beautiful. But he's going to right before kickoff. So uh, that'll be interesting, uh, you know, to see all those. Things. Are you a big Usher fan? I like Usher. I like his music. Yeah, yeah. Is that his song? Yep. All right. I'll, yep. pl- I'll play little bits and pieces yeah. of his songs. My wife was at a um, uh, at a, in a her company event, and they had Usher perform for actual Usher Usher at the event. Oh. Yeah, and it was so funny because they said, "Well, you know, um, we can have um, a meet and greet with Usher yeah. if you'd like. Yeah. You know, for certain people." And my wife said. Why don't you let someone that really knows who he is do it? <laughs> we would really appreciate it. <laughs> so my wife got a, an Usher autographed T-shirt instead. Oh, very nice. And she's worn it, and she washed it, and the autograph's gone. Oh, very nice. <laughs> That's nice. How did you not advise her? <laughs> Oh, keeper of collectibles from... Uh, well, that's what I said. I said, are you going to wash that? Yeah, you don't wash it. I know. Autograph I would never have washed my Usher t-shirt, yeah. even though I don't know a song, but... Oh. <laughs> I know I'm having a dance party at my house tonight with this. How do I, how do I st- sit still? You can't. You can't. It's not possible. I feel like doing the robot right now. <laughs> You're about 30 years late for that. But okay. How about the bump? I like to do my bumping during the far-flung forecast, which is coming up next. What kind of Super Bowl party do you think Ed B would throw? Oh, the fried chicken and uh, sweet potato pie. You, you, you know the darlings would be there? The darlings would be Ernest there. Ernest T. Would yep. they all be invited? Oh, yes. Clara, yes. Floyd, Gooba. Yep. Would they all be there? Oh, I think the darlings sure. would be there. Sure. And then, you know, the darlings, you know, his, his table manners being impeccable, just yelling, Taters! <laughs> taters! Taters! I don't see an Ernest T. Bass being invited. Oh, I think Ernest did because he was, you know, later on he was uh, refined. They they did a Pygmalion thing with I him. I don't ever remember that happening. I really? You never them, saw that? I remember them trying they brought to. him over to Mrs. Wiley's house. Hello, Mrs. Wiley. How do you do, Mrs. Wiley? Andy, have we ever gone this deep into the Andy Griffith weeds <laughs> no, before? This is, this is uncharted territory. In fact, in fact, now uh, we're creating new episodes where we're doing like reunion shows. You don't remember that they, one? Where in they fact, all get together and watch the Super Bowl together. <laughs> he was introduced as Andy's um, cousin Oliver. <laughs> and Mrs. Wiley thought he was from Boston. Back Bay, Boston. <laughs> now, Sheriff, you can't chid me. <laughs> The fun girls show up with a nice hot Mexican bean dip. Hi, Dal. Hi, Dal. Hi, Bernie. Hi, Bernie. A much deeper voice. Hi, Dal. Hi, Dal. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for your uh, Super Bowl far-flung forecast. A Super Bowl party. In a, you mean the big game. You it's can't a, say Super Bowl. You uh, already did. So well, you can if you're doing a news thing. Yeah, I think you yeah. can say it. You I just think can't, you just can't put it at, in a commercial. Make, make it as part of your product name. Correct. So I can't say the... Uh, so I would have to say the big game buffet if I owned a bar. Yes. Yes. Uh, I couldn't say... Correct. Super. Okay. Yeah, but I'm going to watch the Super Bowl and enjoy your big game bar in order Buffet. to separate. Uh, I see. I've consulted lawyers on this. <laughs> um, 
Was I introducing the far flung? Yeah, yes, we were. We got into an earnest DJ. Have, <laughs> have we gotten our uh, protractors and other devices uh, out yet? I well, know I can. do. You have yours ready to go? I know I have mine ready well, to go for wonderful. today's FFF. And we hope <laughs> we hope everyone else has their compasses F-cubed. and protractors <laughs> and GPS devices out oh. ready to go. And yes. I must tell you right off the bat, this far-flung forecast has nothing to do with the big game today. But we go to, Good programming, we go programming, to yes. Westchester, Pennsylvania okay. today. All right. Westchester, Pennsylvania goes back to the 1700s and was um, actually a part of a town called Chester at that time. And then it was moved west, thereby it gets the name Westchester. Oh, look at that. But we mentioned Westchester, Pennsylvania today because that is the home of one uh, gentleman who is being featured in a film that's getting a lot of attention. Bayard Rustin, the civil rights leader, Bayard Rustin. Coleman Domingo plays him in a movie that's uh, out on uh, Netflix, I believe. But uh, Bayard Rustin was a civil rights leader going back into the 1950s and worked with A. Philip Randolph and um, Martin Luther King Jr. to uh, set up the March on Washington. He actually was very instrumental to set up the March on Washington in August of 1963. And I'm very happy to see that uh, there's a movie that features uh, what the man did and his contributions. Huge to contribution. And, uh, you know, most people did not know about him until this movie came out. And it's great to see that. He's so, nominated for an Oscar, by the way. And he's nominated for Oscar for Best Actor, playing yep. Bayard Rustin, yep. who uh, died in uh, 1986. But uh, this all goes in line with our series that we're doing on Black History Month. But Westchester, Pennsylvania today is 45 degrees, going up to a high of 48. Time for a look at the week in health. And uh, joining us again by popular demand... Dr. Jeremy Silver, the medical director of emergency medicine at Northwestern's Kishwaukee Hospital in DeKalb. Dr. Silver, how are you, my friend? Welcome back to the show. Oh, good morning, Dean. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. You going to be watching the Super Bowl today? Yes, my kids are, are very excited, uh, and uh, and so am I. It's nice to nice to have this time of year again and, and we love football so pretty pretty pumped for the for the super bowl now as a doctor do you when you're watching the show are you uh pointing out potential uh, injuries you know and things that uh you know could be happening there's a there is a lot of a criticism of how physical the game is certainly on a high school level college level now that's where you know, most of the scrutiny is. But are, are you watching that and going, ooh, that looked like that could have been a... Yeah, can you diagnose from, from, from the screen? <laughs> Sometimes you can. You definitely <laughs> like to play that, that game when you're in med school of uh, walk down the street and diagnose the person. But I actually, I, I'll, I'll tell you that, that I try to shut my, my medical brain off when I'm at home, especially when I'm, when I'm around my kids. Uh, but when I see a big hit, like like a hit to the head, it does it, it makes you queasy inside because yeah. you just know what the potential is for for head and neck injuries in, in those types of uh, collisions. Yeah, exactly. Now you know today is one of the biggest party days of the year. A lot of people the the biggest trend now, people calling out sick for tomorrow because they're planning on going <laughs> overboard for today. It's become one of the biggest party days of the year um you know what, what kind of caution can can you give uh, people 
people who may be well, over, overindulging a little bit today, especially as an emergency room uh, doctor. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 on the one hand, you know, we're, we're here for it and, and ready for folks if they, you know, end up going over the over the line. Um, but but, you know, it's not it's not safe. You can really actually hurt yourself. Um, and, and, you know, it can be lethal uh, over overindulging in alcohol. Um, but, you know, as far as work goes, hey, we, we all we all committed to, to be there for each other. So I'm, I'm definitely not in favor of, uh, of playing hooky. Yeah, as far as uh, overindulging, I've always heard, you know, for New Year's Eve or like the big party day, St. Patrick's Day, et cetera, uh, to alternate whatever alcoholic beverage that you may have with water to try to, to try to stay hydrated. That's the big uh, thing that you ought to be doing today. Does that sound like good uh, advice? Yeah, I think one for one is definitely not a bad idea. So if you're if you're going to reach for a beer, you know, have have a nice glass of water afterwards. It'll fill your stomach up and make you less likely to to continue uh, pushing the alcohol. But you know, really, it's uh, moderation. Everything in moderation. That's my motto. Um, I didn't make it up, but I certainly live by it. Yeah, no, it's it's always uh, good advice, uh, even though a lot of people are definitely not going to follow it. Uh, so a couple of the big uh, medical stories this week uh, that I wanted to uh, touch on. Uh, one it was the very untimely death of country singer Toby Keith, who uh, lost his battle earlier uh, last week to stomach cancer. And uh, it, it's, it, it's not a cancer that we hear about very often. Uh, how prevalent is stomach cancer how do people know if they, you know, might be dealing with something like that? Uh, can, can you give us, uh, you know, kind of an overview of uh, uh, dealing with stomach cancer? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sad, sad to hear. I'm, I'm sorry that that that, that had happened. Um, so stomach, you know, stomach cancer is not a, a high, um, it's not high up on the list in terms of, um, you know, the numbers of cancers in the U.S., uh, around a, a percentage and a half of all cancers diagnosed in the U.S. and and typically uh, in adults uh, greater than 50. Uh, so this year, the American Cancer Society estimates around 27,000 new cases of cancer, just to give a, a number. Um, but something that we're seeing, um, and and certainly folks are probably reading about this in the news, is that there are rising numbers of stomach cancer among younger people. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, one could look at it as a disease of bad luck, um, as one physician has, has referred to it. Um, there, there may be some association with chronic heartburn and an infection in the gut called H. pylori, which I can talk about a little bit more, um, but, but unclear. And um, there are certain uh, ethnic groups, uh, such as Asians, who are more prone to stomach cancer for a variety of reasons, genetically, primarily. Um, and, and unfortunately, even though it's rare, the, out, the outcomes are typically not great. So it's certainly not, not a disease um, that anyone relishes and, um, and something that you need specialty treatment for, surely. Yeah, you mentioned H. pylori. What, what, does, what is that? So H. pylori uh, is a um, it's a bacteria that that lives in the gut um, in many folks and can cause an infection that leads can lead to uh, to symptoms of GERD or gastroesophageal reflux disease, otherwise known as heartburn. Um, so, and I'm not sure what the percentage is, but a significant percentage of cases of 
of heartburn or, or ulcers can be linked back to, to that bacteria. And there's a thought that potentially the inflammation stemming from a chronic infection of the bacteria that isn't identified could potentially lead to cancer. Cancer, just to take a step back, 50,000-foot view, what is it? It's an overgrowth of cells in the body. So you have one cell uh, that basically cells have a life cycle and they divide in a certain cadence. Um, so as you, you know, as you're going through life, your skin cells are falling off as you touch things and move about the world. Likewise, your stomach cells are sloughing off or falling off as you're eating food and digesting. And then new cells come and take their place. Uh, well, cancer is a dysregulation of that uh, cell division, which continually repeats itself. And it gets, away, it gets out of control. The, the brake, if you will, on the car fails. Uh, alternatively, the accelerator on the car uh, goes, gets stuck. So between the brake and the accelerator in the cell, um, if one or both are dysfunctional, then the cell is just dividing uncontrolled in a crazy manner. And then you get a, a huge collection of irregular cells that do things that aren't predictable. And that's cancer. You mentioned that some of the symptoms may uh, present themselves as good old heartburn, uh, acid reflux. How do, you, how do you know the difference between something uh, that is mild and something that could be potentially very dangerous? Well, a, a great question. And, and this will be very frustrating for your audience, as it is for us in the medical profession. You, you often can't tell the difference between uh, something that seems like a run-of-the-mill benign case of heartburn and something that might be more sinister, like a cancer. And so the key is don't let the symptoms go on too long. Uh, you know, if you're one of these folks that every time you have pizza, you get a little bit uncomfortable, you have a Tums and, it, and it's better, probably not cancer. On the other hand, if you, you've been kind of going along in your life doing fine, then suddenly you find you're having heartburn for weeks or months, that, you know, that might be a problem. So pattern recognition would be one thing. And then, of course, regular follow-up with primary care is so important. You know, it can be tough to get into your primary care doctor given the, 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 um, the demand at, at the present time. But very important, stay in tune or get referred to a specialist, the specialist of the gut, uh, meaning the esophagus, the stomach, the, the upper intestines, and the lower intestines is a, is a person called a GI doctor. Uh, and a, a gastroenterologist, and, and they're very skilled at identifying the subtleties between these conditions and helping fix them. The uh, 630 area code texts in a question. Uh, please ask the doctor about reactions to Paxlovid. I've taken three doses and have experienced a constant bad taste to the point where I can't even think about taking it without nausea. That's something that I haven't heard about uh, Paxlovid. Is that the case? Thank, thank, thank you for the question. Um, yeah, any, any drug um, can have can have side effects, and, and unfortunately, bad taste um, is one of them. Now, in, you know, in the um, in the Paxlovid trials, about one percent or less had that side effect, um, and so you know, it's certainly not a common uh, side effect. But it, but it can happen. Uh, and and uh, the thing to do is basically to, I, what I would suggest if they were my, my uh, patient is, is, you know, first of all, check in with your doctor. You know, there may be other symptoms the person's having uh, that, that, uh, that are uh, accompanying this that may be a, a red flag to stop the medication. 
Um, alternatively, that this may be linked to something else and it's timing with the Paxlovid, but very likely it's a, it's a symptom of the medication and, and probably the thing to do is to stop it and talk to your doctor. Okay. 773-981-7200 is our phone number for your questions for Dr. Silver. Uh, 312-981-7200 to call uh, in a question or uh, to text. 773, Eric, could we get questions like this all the time during the segment about, uh, you know, where what I should be doing about vaccinations, uh, COVID, flu shots, uh, RSV. What, what's the latest and greatest on uh, all of this? Where should people be to be up to date with vaccinations? Sure. So, you know, vaccination, obviously a, a hot button issue, a very personal issue. Um, what I can what I can tell folks, to, I'll talk generally and then I'll talk specific. So generally, what what is a vaccine? A vaccine is, is generally a killed version of the uh, of the pathogen. So let's say it's a virus. They kill the virus and make it dysfunctional um, and then inject it into the body and, and usually in the muscle of the arm. Uh, and then what happens is the, the body, the immune system, sees that uh, pieces of particles of, that, um, of that, that pathogen and identifies it and says, guys, the next time you see anything that looks like this, kill it. And, and so they, the, the body develops these soldiers, if you will, to use the war analogy, uh, and those soldiers kind of lie kind of ready, ready for action in the in little pockets of the immune system that we call lymph nodes. And they're all over the body, in the head and neck, in the arms, the, the belly, the groin, and even the legs. And so then uh, months later, let's say, uh, your immune system is primed, uh, and uh, you, you encounter, uh, let's say it's uh, RSV, and you've had the vaccine, it immediately triggers this massive response. Um, the, you know, the, the Marines, the Air Force, the Navy, the Army, of your body then goes and attacks the thing and it, and it helps uh, prevent you from getting sicker. In some cases it can prevent illness entirely, but in most cases it's not going to, it's not going to prevent you from getting sick, but it's going to prevent you from getting really sick. Uh, and in the case of the most recent vaccine for COVID, for instance, um, it's very effective against the most, uh, the most widely uh, circulating version, the JN.1 um, and it's effective against uh, severe severe infection, such as needing to be in the ICU or be intubated. Um, so, so not too late. Certainly, flu is still circulating. So is RSV. So is COVID. Um, I wouldn't say we're in a triple demic at this point in time. The, the numbers are going down, but flu is actually still quite quite prevalent. Uh, and so, uh, so number one, it's good for you. Number two, it's good for grandma because we know the elderly don't have the same robust immune response that, that folks you know, in their younger years do. Uh, and so if you're around the elderly or, or a brand new baby, for instance, their, their immune uh, safety net is really you. Uh, and so it's a collective thing. It's something we refer to sometimes as herd immunity. When there's enough people that have either been sick and, and develop a natural immune response, which is very similar to the, the immunization response, uh, and those of us that have been immunized, we protect those that are vulnerable, those with immunocompromised conditions such as cancer or lupus, uh, those that are elderly, and, and those that are in, in the very beginnings of life, in their infancy, literally. Um, so, so vaccines are very effective, and, and they're effective against uh, a variety of, of, uh, 
of viruses and bacteria. Last week, uh, we had talked about uh, the number of, uh, you know, just general fitness and the number of steps that uh, a person should be doing daily in order to maintain, uh, a, you know, a, a proper uh, health uh, level. And uh, you you had some follow-up uh, on the number of uh, steps that uh, you think people should be taking each day. Right. Thanks for bringing that up. I, I want to say that I stand corrected. I, I, I maybe misspoke or, or certainly um, have learned something since we last uh, since we last talked. So there was a study out of Northwestern that looked at, at folks and the number of steps. And, and to, to summarize it, if you're over 60, it looks like uh, the number is 6,000. Uh, that there was a significant reduction in cardiovascular uh, incidence, so things like stroke and heart attack, in people over 60 who were walking 6,000 steps compared to less. Um, and so it, it didn't really apply to anybody under 60, uh, and, I, and, and there's still some questions about what the right number is, but I, I, would, I would stick to what I said before, more is better. Um, but that number 6,000, if you're over 60, you may want to keep that in your head and, and try and shoot for that. Yeah, I was just uh, checking my, you know, how your your phone, uh, uh, you know, checks, uh, you know, supposedly uh, reads your your steps and uh, all that. Let me see how let's, let me see how I'm doing so far today. 72 today. I've done virtually nothing <laughs> today. So. Oh, this is embarrassing. I've, I've taken four. Not even 72. According to my stupid phone, 401 oh, steps today. Oh, that's, okay. that's nothing. Well, you only have well, you're, a, you're a certain percentage of the way there, so, you know, look on the right. bright side. Yeah, yeah 50, only 5,500 more to go. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently, I'm going to be walking to Milwaukee after the show today. Go to Kishwaukee. <laughs> yeah, go to Kishwaukee and visit Dr. Go. Silver. Yeah, exactly. Um the uh, 407 area code. Uh, there are long waits to see primary care and specialist doctors right now. Uh, why is that? Is there a general shortage of physicians? I've wondered that myself. I've noticed that trying to make appointments as well. Yes, the, the answer is yes. I, I, I think it can safely be said that, that a, a large percentage of the primary care um, well, not a large, but a significant percentage of the primary care uh, physician population has been peeling off, particularly since the, the pandemic hit. Um, and, uh, and not enough of those slots are being filled um, by medical students for a variety of reasons. Uh, and so there are fewer primary care doctors. I think there's also more of, a, of an awareness in, in, the, in society that this is an important piece of uh, of care and so more people are seeking care and so that that uh that supply and demand equation is way off uh so it, it, it yes that that what they're feeling is real the numbers bear it out and uh you know it's, it's unfortunate i guess the the only thing i would say is you know there's still a safety net in the emergency department uh we don't turn anyone away ever uh and so if you can't get in and you're really concerned you can always come to the er and we can at least try and help and if we can't figure it out we can at least try and coordinate care and maybe get that appointment pushed up yeah yeah it's a it's a tricky times really since uh covid uh getting uh appointments but uh emergency room is uh, a good option 
and these uh, first responder offices now, uh, uh, you know, the, the medical attention offices. Uh, that urgent you, you care. Urgent care, right. You can go uh, right into those. So I also wanted to ask you about memory because... Uh, but I forgot to ask. That I almost <laughs> forgot to bring it up. <laughs> um it's it's you know obviously headline news right now it's clearly going to be an issue with the presidential campaign that's coming up uh president biden is 81 years old donald trump is 77 years old uh you know there's been uh, lots of uh, heat on president biden about misstatements that he's made there have also been some uh, about donald trump being made right now as well regarding memory uh, how common uh, is that? I've noticed that. I'm not nearly either of their ages, but I forget. I'm forgetting more now than I, I have when I was younger. Is that just you know part of the natural process? And when does it actually become a concern? Yeah, great, great questions, and not no easy answers. That's for sure. Um, I'm going to stay out of the political debate. Yes, but I will <laughs> say that um, you know it, it's disconcerting. Um, Forty percent of us are going to experience some some form of memory loss after we turn sixty five. That's a huge number. Um, you know where where it becomes a problem is when you, you can actually be diagnosed with a with an underlying process such as Alzheimer's dementia, which we've spoken of before. The most common form of dementia dementia being the disease of uh, of memory loss. Um, so you know between. Between, between the ages of 65 and 69, two in every 100 people will have dementia. And then after that, your risk uh, increases over time, roughly doubles every five years, um, so that by the time, if you, if you reach 90, uh, a third of people will have dementia. Um, it, honestly, it seems like the numbers are higher than that, but, but that's, uh, that's the data. So, you know, the, the key is, is function and functionality. Um, and so if, if, uh, if you're, it, it's obviously going to be difficult to diagnose in yourself, uh, and denial is an extremely, uh, strong, um, component of, of the human psyche. And so even if you do see that you're, you're missing a step here and there, your, your, your brain is going to want to, um, limit the risk for itself and say, you know, that's fine. It's just a, it was just a slip. So it really applies to the folks around you. Um, you know, if, if mom or dad is having trouble um, finding out how to get home in their car, or they can't keep, they can't remember where they put their keys, and it persistently is a problem. Um, you know, things like mapping um, memory of, uh, of of people in the family if they couldn't remember uh, who your sister was, and and that happens more than once. You know, those would be triggers to to get them checked out by a neurologist to see if maybe there, there truly is dementia at play. Dr. Jeremy Silver, Medical Director, Emergency Medicine, Northwestern's Kishwaukee Hospital in DeKalb. Great to talk to you, and I hope you have a wonderful Sunday today, my friend. Thank you. Dean, great to talk to you again. Thanks for having me on. The- I'm shocked that you, born and raised in this area. Me? You'd never heard of Kishwaukee until I just mentioned I never it heard of that. For Dr. Silver. Never heard of Kishwaukee. you got to get out a little more. I'm an urban, uh, I'm an urban animal, uh, Dean. No, I've been, I've, and you said it's near DeKalb, right? Yeah. My oh, godson oh. went to Northern, and I actually traveled up there quite a bit. He was yeah. on the baseball team, so I, I wonder, did I? So when Apparently I went, apparently not paying one bit of attention to. So would there have been a sign on my way to DeKalb that yeah. would have said Kishwaukee? Sure. Yeah. Maybe I thought it was a street. <laughs> 
Is it a big town? Is it a big city? Shawnee, you want to get on that for (laughs) You want to get your research? Checking on it here. A future far-flung. Checking on it. That would be between DeKalb and Rochelle. Okay, there I remember seeing. I see. There I remember seeing the Rochelle sign. Yeah. So it's between DeKalb and Rochelle. Correct. Wow. I must have just remember we used to do for, uh, commercials years ago for goods furniture. Yeah. Oh, were yeah. they in? Were they in? They were in Kiwani. Kiwani. Yeah. Right. Now where's that? That's down south, <laughs> southern Illinois or central Illinois, actually. Listen to uh, Rand McNally. Hey, I had to drive to Bradley every every oh. you know, so I know where, I know where everything is. Hey, don't, don't don't talk to Andy about. Come on now, Andy Atlas. Exactly right. Exactly correct. How much is a Super Bowl commercial? Thirty seconds of a Super Bowl commercial. Let me tell you about that coming up. Over there, look at you. He's got three turntables going. He's Wow, look at you. He went right in from the Earth, Wind, and Fire to a little, uh, what's his name? Usher. <laughs> MC Usher. Is it MC Usher or just Usher? Let me know when you're done talking so I can start. Oh, gosh. Apparently they had a, a category of guy who won't stop talking for the Jeff Awards. Well, I don't understand. If you're on the radio, are you not supposed to talk? Is that is that is that the goal? Well, the host would like to say a word uh, once in a while too. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is <laughs> this is the guy who's going to be doing the Super Bowl halftime show today. Usher, MC Usher, MC Usher, LL Usher. What is it? Did you have too much coffee today? It's like, what's the deal with you? <laughs> I like, I like, to, I like to... being around you. I'm, I'm trying to entertain. What do we, what was, okay, I won't say anything. I'll come in here and I won't say anything. <laughs> I mean, what is that? I don't understand. Wow, you talk a lot. Yeah, I'm on the radio. That's what it's about. <laughs> you done now? <laughs> Until the next time you say something. <laughs> Uh, well, I forgot what I was going to say to open up the show today because uh, we were a little distracted by uh, oh, seven or eight other things. Um, but anyway, that was <laughs> that was Usher. Uh, he's doing the Super Bowl halftime show today, and uh, the uh, the the commercials uh, just astound me. the The cost of the commercials uh, just absolutely astound me. The, uh, for a 30 second commercial on the Super Bowl today, $7 million. $7 million. Every time you see a 30 second commercial go by during the Super Bowl halftime, uh, during the, the game itself today, $7 million. And are, so if I get a minute, does it automatically go to 14 or is there, do you think there's a deal? Uh, there's probably a little cheaper, I guess. Yeah. That's the way it usually works. Do you think that this 30 second commercial is worth $7 million I to your business? I don't think so. That's I was thinking about this. I mean, you know, there yeah, there are a lot of people. There there 115 million people watched last year. It's probably going to be more than that this year with the Taylor Swift impact. Yeah. But um after this week, would you be able to tell me one commercial that was on the Super Bowl? Probably not. Can you tell me one commercial that stood out last year? Anybody remember one commercial that stood out last year? I don't. No. I don't pay attention, so I I would argue whether it's worth it or not. I mean, seven million. I mean, every year that becomes a part of the the Super Bowl lore. How much is a thirty cent commercial? But so it's almost like oh, they wanted to get 
high, so it sounds. But seven yeah. million. When does that become cost prohibitive for somebody? Apparently not. I think all the. I read. I think all that, the. Um, that's just to buy the time. Then you have to pr- produce the commercial. <laughs> you have yeah. to produce the commercial, and if you've got. There, there's one of the commercials today where Jennifer Aniston pretends like she doesn't know who David Schwimmer is. Uh, they had to pay Jennifer Aniston right. and David Schwimmer probably quite a bit of money to uh, you know to be in those commercials. I read that the four made this is the first one of the first years, not ever, but in recent years, the four major car companies in the United States are not advertising on the Super mm, Bowl. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. By the way, that breaks down to $233,333 per second. <laughs> he has his protractor. And 33 out. cents. <laughs> and other devices. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, very, very interesting. I was uh, in a commercial that ran on the Super Bowl. Really? I yes, don't know you if were. It was last year or the year before. But Victory Auto Records. Did they buy? They bought a commercial in the Super Bowl locally, for, you know, for in Chicago, which is not $7 million. Right. But uh, I'm watching the Super Bowl, <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden I hear that old car may be worth money. It's like, what? Oh, oh my God. What is my commercial doing in there? And Victory Auto Records contacted me and said that an opportunity came up. They wanted to uh, buy a commercial in the Super Bowl. They did locally. So, But you still have not seen cent one no. in terms of residuals. No. no. I got paid a daily rate. Oh. Uh, I got I got paid one time, and that's how many years now? Uh, that was well, nineteen ninety one is when I recorded okay, the thirty three years. Yeah, even if you got a hundred dollars a year, a year. Yeah, but what if you got a hundred dollars every time it aired? Right for the last thirty years. Yeah, that which be is bad. not even cra- that's not a hundred is nothing, really, in the grand scheme. And yet, look at how much money that would have. Total. It's an honor to be part of the Victory Auto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure legacy. your accountant's happy about legacy. that. <laughs> you know who I feel bad for is the guy who pulls the door open. He's the face of the commercial. And he probably got even less than you. He told me he got 25 bucks. Oh. He was a tow truck driver at oh, Victory Auto man. Records at the time. They pulled him over from tow truck driving to do that commercial, and uh, they gave him 25 bucks to do that commercial that has gone on to this uh, great life. And look at that reaction he had. He did it perfect. Yeah. When that door comes flying, he looks like he doesn't really expect it to come flying off. He was trying to protect his big watch band. <laughs> and his and his uh, wallet with the, uh, with the, with with the, the chain with the chain on it. Right. <laughs> and right. his flannel. Yeah. Uh, somebody here on the 815 area code says, I hate when they advertise upcoming movies on the Super Bowl. It's my pet peeve, says Sherry and Joliet. That's one of the major That's going to be, you're going to, you are going to be uh, really upset today, Sherry. Yeah, you better, you better watch PBS. They are, <laughs> right. I think they have a Julia Child marathon going on. They, uh, they're going to be running quite a few commercials for uh, movies on the Super Bowl today. Oh, that's one of the part. Sometimes they're even, they show you clips from Christmas movies. That are going to be coming up in ten months. Coming up later on. That's true. Yeah. Now they sent me the movie. All the movie studios sent me a list of their commercial. They've sent oh. me the trailers that they're going to be running because they wanted me to run them <gasps> to say, "Hey, these are going to be on the Super Bowl," and uh, I just didn't take the bait on any of that at all this year. 
but uh, there there are quite a few. There are going to be a lot of movie uh, commercials. Like summer ones? Uh, some of of them are summer movies, and some are for coming up next uh, holiday season. Oh, even the holiday, like even for next Thanksgiving, wow. Thanksgiving and Christmas, just to plant the seed in your mind that some you know big movie is uh, going to be coming up. So, anywho, that's uh, that's what's uh, you know the latest with uh, all of that. Shwani, did you uh, did you appropriately celebrate the big anniversary on February 9th this year? I uh, actually, I need to. I'm going to be a little uh, behind on that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I have February ninth. I, I have to pull out my 45s. 1964, the Beatles appearing on the Ed Sullivan Show. Yep. I was checking out uh, things online though. There's a beautiful picture, a color picture of uh, Ed Sullivan talking to the uh, the Beatles, and right. it's it's. A little pulled back from the stage, so you, on the right-hand side, you can see the floor director and a couple of the cameras. Uh, fantastic picture! Uh, I was in New I'm going to get out the. Uh, I'm going to get out my uh, my 45 RPM records yeah. and put a, a smile on my face. Do you have a record player? Absolutely. With the 45 spindle on. Yes, it? I do. Remember the thing that used to the, the, the black little the tall one that you would, could put for mm-hmm. stack the four mm-hmm. or five yeah. yep. and it would drop them automatically. Yep. Yeah. yep, that was always cool. Yep. That had to be really good for the records. Yeah, right. For the vinyl themselves and, to be. And then remember, if you stacked more than five, then they would start to skip because it was too the, the needle was too high. Well, the needle was too high, and you'd get friction from yeah. the lower records yeah. there. So it would. <laughs> <laughs> we sound about seven hundred right now. What's a What's the needle on a record, Uncle Dean? You know, I have a jukebox that plays 45s. Is that right? And 30 years ago, I've had it for a while, about 20 years ago, I was telling a, a young woman at that time that I've got this jukebox. And I said, it plays 45s. Now, this was like in the early 90s, mid-90s. And she looked at me. She did not know. No, she had no idea what it was. And I said, you know, it's a 45. I said, you know, it's the vinyl with the hole in the middle, you know, the bigger hole. And I said, you know, it was just like one song. And she goes, oh, wait, no, I saw one of those in a movie. (laughs) And she said, can you bring one in? Oh, my. Like I had a dinosaur bone. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I got news for you. They are... They are dinosaur bones. But I was very proud. Have you seen that new um, We Are the World documentary yet yeah. on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. I loved it. And I mem- I knew that I had the We Are the World single, the 45. I could picture I closed my eyes and I could see the, the picture sleeve. And so when that was done, I went to the bins. To the bins, Robin. And I pulled out my 45 bins. I got like two bins of 45s and started shuffling through. And sure enough... Pulled it out and like another instant request. That thing is forty years old. Wow. <laughs> it's wow. still pristine. Wow. Yeah. That's now, nice. have you filed yours by artist or have you filed oh. them by name of song? I would do artist. 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 Yes, definitely. Yes. You do it by artist. Alphabetical order by last name. Yes, and then by then within the category, the most recent release to the oldest. Oh, okay. on the left, most oh. recent, and it goes down to oldest song. I have three artist. by five cards that also indicate oh. the year, <laughs> brother. 
The year he's got, he's got the Dewey Decimal System. Oh wow! Now that but sounds guess great. That's true. That I've sounds year great. in which they were popular. What's nice. the Dewey Decimal? And system? now, <laughs> now can you tell? He's me, a wide receiver. Can you tell me the <laughs> diameter of a forty-five RPM oh, record? What is the oh, diameter? Oh, seven-inch single. There you go. Thank you. Seven-inch single. And what is the diameter of the center hole? <laughs> um, Andy, I'm going to run out and get a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, can you get mine too, please? Uh, no cheese on mine. That one I don't know. Now you got me on that. What is the spindle? It is roughly one and three eighths no, inches. I didn't know that we were doing a segment. Uh, you want to talk about the circumference? Dorks on parade. <laughs> dorks on forty-five. <laughs> you started it. You started it. Wow. I just mentioned that it was the anniversary but of you the started Ed Sullivan it. show. You started. So that's it. all that I. I was in New York up. on Friday. And I walked to the Ed Sullivan Theater. Right, now the Stephen Colbert. Yeah, and just theater. to see it, and I was like, 60 years ago today, they were in there. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. pretty I, cool. I've thought of that when I've gone. I went to see David Letterman show a couple yeah. of times. And uh, being in that theater, I, I, I just I thought about the, the history of all the artists, the performers, uh, both you know, rock and roll and not, uh, that performed on that stage. It's not a huge theater. No. It's not a big stage. But uh, somehow uh, it looked bigger than life when you watched it on television. And uh, I've told the story many times. Uh, Shawnee uh, laughs at me <laughs> when I talk about watching the Beatles that night, uh, February 9th, 1964, uh, on our black and white TV set. Yeah, we did the same thing. Uh, my dad complaining that <laughs> their hair was too long. That yep. they, they looked like freaks. Yep. Because yep. their hair was uh, way too long. And really, yep. when, you, when you look at their pictures now, it was just barely touching their ears. Your hair is longer. It was, Yeah, and I have no hair. <laughs> <laughs> but it was not the, you know, the Kingston Trio crew no, cuts that we... the Letterman. Now, did you know... Or as I like to call it, because my dad gave us haircuts, <laughs> the prison cuts. That, um, that the bowl. <laughs> the bowl on the clipper head. out, and yeah. we looked like we were in... It's like... Who are those four kids who look like they're in prison? It's like, oh, that's, that's, that's So did you know before that Sunday night, was there a lot of hype on this? Did you know, or did, or did were you always just watching the Ed Sullivan show when they were on, or well, was there all, like pre-advance? We always you know? just had the Ed Sullivan yeah, show on. so did we. There was, as I recall, some sort I of a build-up to it. There was, just because the crowd was so, uh, you know, right. uh, excited about it. And But you know what else I remember, though? And Dean, you probably do, too. The next day in school, oh, yes. Monday, they could not settle us down. Yeah, everybody was talking. Well, about that's it. the biggest thing that I remember from them being on the Ed of like immediate reaction of the kids around you. The girls were out of their minds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The girls were so excited uh, about them. And the boys, you know, kind of like the rock and roll. They kind of the rock it. and roll, <laughs> uh, you know, because it was so different. And the fact that our parents didn't like it, well, that was just an extra bonus. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd walk down the hall, and there'd be teachers talking among each other, and they'd well, it was just the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> right. Yeah, some teachers did. I had a couple of kind of cool teachers. Did you? Who, yeah, that liked them. Who liked it. But I yeah. could not wait. We went to school the next morning. I made a beeline for Woolworths. To buy oh, is that when you got the dollar? That's when I got beetle my wig? dollar beetle wig. <laughs> so you mean the next day they already had beetle wigs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and they, bubble gum too. Maybe, wow. maybe they had them beforehand. I, yeah. I, I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah. But I had to have a Beatles wig after that, <laughs> and I stood and I, I would play the record 
lip sync the record <laughs> with my beetle wig on, standing in front of the mirror, uh, trying to look like I, I think I was trying to look like, like John Lennon. Oh, like John? Wow, yeah, I John. Think, I think that's what I was trying to do. But yeah, remember Schwanee? They sold the, oh yeah that Beatles. Yeah, uh, tra- it was like trading cards. The with, trading cards with the with the gum with the gum in them. The white yep. powder on yep. the gum. Yep. All kinds of different candy. There were Beatles comic books for a while. I still have a Beatles cartoon show my um, on my birthday cake, because I was born around that time. On one of my birthday cakes, I have these small little um, individual figures Figurines. of the Beatles, oh, wow. and their heads move. Oh, wow. And my mom put those on my birthday like cake. Like bobbleheads? They're like mini bobbleheads. They're made of plastic. Huh. They don't. There's not a spring. They're just like the head is they separate, move. and the head moves around. But I still have those four. Um, you, you still know. have them now? Yeah. Well, I don't even know why I asked that yeah. question. It's fantastic music from one of the best scenes from Billy Elliot, the musical. I cannot wait to see this out at the Paramount Theater in Aurora. Uh, we're going to go out uh, and see it a week from today, February the 18th. We're going to have our next Dean's Night out. And uh, today is the last day that you can sign up to win tickets to join me for this. We're going to give away uh, uh, a pair of tickets to 10 winners to join me at the Paramount uh, for to see the show and also for a little pre-show meet and greet. And uh, all you do is go to WGNRadio.com slash contests and you can sign up and uh, hopefully you'll be joining me uh, to see this amazing show i cannot wait it's one of my favorite shows and there's an elton john connection to, i love that song to, uh, uh, electricity yeah that the, the key song electricity sparks inside of me yeah, I just yeah. love that song uh it, you uh just recently you were you said that you were in new york last week you Friday, went, just two days ago. You went to uh, the setup for an Elton John auction of his memorabilia, and among the things that are up for auction, you told me, was the piano on which he conducted, he, he wrote the music uh, for this song and many of the other yeah, Aida, uh, musicals. That his Aida musical, which yeah. won the Tony. Yeah. Part of his EGOT. What other uh, mm-hmm. what other Elton John stuff was? Well, yeah, it's called. Uh, it's at Christie's, which is one of the major auction houses. And on Friday, it was the opening. The actual auction will take place um, on February twenty first, I believe, live. There's actually seven different auctions. What's going on is he had a uh, about a, a thirteen or nineteen. I can't. I don't know what the exact. Uh, but a, he had five condos that he bought that he built that he bought in this one complex in Atlanta where he lived since nineteen ninety one. When he got when he got sober here in Chicago, he had a boyfriend at the time who lived in Atlanta, so he would visit him. And he started to like the area, and he was getting a little low key, staying away from all the the partying and stuff. And so he found it. He really enjoyed the Atlanta area. People left him alone. He was able to go to record stores and drive around. So he wound up buying one condo, wound up buying five, and made it into this whole big elaborate thing. Mm. And he would and, and over the last twenty five years, when he's been touring every year. If he played anywhere east of the Mississippi, he would fly home to the Atlanta condo. Mm. He wouldn't stay in the town. He would just get out. The, the concert would be just done. Get on a plane. Get on his plane back. and fly to Atlanta and, and spend you know the uh, sleep in his own bed. But now that he's not going to be in those tours anymore, the big tours, uh, they sold the condo uh, earlier this year or maybe late last year for like seven million dollars, and it was filled with you know furniture and collectibles and 
photography. He's one of the greatest photography collections in the world. Uh, photographs, artwork, everything. So I think they're going to use some of the uh, the stuff that they had for a couple of new residences that they bought, but um, they wanted to get rid of it. So they're having this huge auction. And um, so I went to Christie's in New York on Friday, just for the day, flew in at nine, left at five, um, spent about two and a half, three hours in there. And it was... A, just a, looking at the memorabilia. Yeah, it was... Well, I don't know if you've ever been in an auction house like that. I wasn't aware. This is... They set it up like... Like like a like a art museum, like a museum, right? It's three floors, you know. So there was all the his artwork that was for sale. There was a Bentley, a a convertible Bentley was in the place, yeah. Um, And uh, this huge, uh, these huge, um, uh, you know, structures, uh, you know, art pieces. Tell me me how much the Bentley was. The the suggested. The suggested uh, price for, this, for the auction. Was. This is a classic Bentley, a Bentley on itself. This is a convertible, and it's an older one in mint condition. The estimates in the book are twenty-five to thirty-five thousand dollars. Nothing. You can you can't get a Honda for twenty-five grand. Yeah, that's amazing. So I th- so I even asked one of the people that worked there. I said. How do you decide the estimates? I said because this Bentley. Yeah, that's pretty low. And the woman said, "Well, we like on some of those items like that. We know it's going to go for more, but we like to sort of set the initial prices start low, low. Start low, so, so people that, will like bid, you. Bid. So I say, hey, you know what? I'll bid twenty five grand because right. I know I'm not going to get it. Yeah. And then that starts everything going. But um, there were some some uh, some uh, you know uh, tables with Versace chairs and, yeah. and you know this is the stuff that he lived with. He used as well as there were a lot of uh, other. They decided to do some of his older and uh, newer uh, costumes that you know that he wore in concert. But I mean, most of it is like glassware and jewelry. Hmm. It's it's personal possessions. Interesting. So it's called the the um, the condo um, was on Peachtree Road in Atlanta. So now. Now this is called Christie's Goodbye Peachtree Road, mm, okay. and uh, he's you know getting rid of uh, a lot of his uh, right. personal. So if anybody's interested, you can go to the Christie's website. Yeah, and you can actually there's 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 a couple a there's a couple that are uh, that are live, but there's several online auctions that you can just register for. Nice. There's one jacket that I've always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> you got nothing but money to burn. Oh yeah, no. I, I, oh, so tempting. It's not so like nice. the lady that you met who came in uh, to, woman? for the auction from Australia. You said she was there. I, I, I've met her at, at several concerts over the years. She flew in to New York from Aus- uh, from Australia just to see. The, the, he's not going to the auction. It was just a view, just to see the the, mer- the merchandise. Yeah. And I asked her. I said, "Well, are you going to you know bid on anything?" And she said, "Well, it, it cost me eleven grand to get here." Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. That is amazing. The, yeah. the uh, enthusiasm that the uh, fans have. Um, so anyway, yeah, Christie's uh, website. If you want to take a look at that, the Joseph Jefferson uh, nominations have come out. Uh, these are for excellence in theater in the Chicago area. I guess we would call them the Chicago equivalent of the Tonys. And uh, a, a young actor by the name of James Toronto. Who's the young person you're talking about? It's not you. It's somebody else. Uh, was nominated. We'll talk about the Jeff Awards in just a second. Do you know if they have several kids uh, playing the role? Because they in have, the uh, two young uh, boys, yeah. two young men. Because that's a really vigorous. It's a very very physical role. Yeah, yeah that for uh, you know, and one one actor. Because I think did when the... you're uh, of a certain age, if if you're 
below a certain age, uh, you you can't be on stage uh, that much. I, I, I think. Oh, it's, like uh, legally? Oh, it's a requirement. That, oh, I see. I don't know legally, but uh, the, the unions, well, unions or something yeah. like that. Uh, but anyway, I'm as I say, I'm very much looking forward to uh, seeing it. We're going to see it next uh, a week from today, and we'll give you our review of that show then. But I wanted to uh, talk about the Jeff Awards, the Joseph Jefferson Awards, uh, the nominations of which uh, came out this past week. These are the awards that are given out for productions here in the Chicago area. And um, uh, lo- lots of uh, great productions uh, were, were nominated. Uh, Cat's Cradle from the Lifetime Theater was nominated for uh, Best Production of a Play. Uh, dying for it from their artistic home company indoor cats from red theater right now the facility theater tambo and bones from the retract refracted theater company and we are proud to present a presentation (laughs) about the hero of namibia formerly known as southwest africa from theater y and also the invitkus theater company for their production of The Crucible, nominated for Best Production of a Play. And among their cast members nominated for Best uh, Acting, James Toronto. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm in the uh, Best uh, Performer in the Supporting Role category for my uh, portrayal of uh, the judge in The Crucible, uh, Judge uh, Deputy Governor Danforth, he's known as, and uh, I would have given you an award for best glasses of a <laughs> in, of an actor. I enjoyed the glasses that, my, the that little, you were wearing. Yeah, those are and those are my own glasses. Oh, are they really? They're my own glasses. Oh. And uh, if you look at Elton's "Made in America," uh, "Made in England" album from yeah. 1995, yeah. those are the glasses that I'll he's wearing. Be darn. Not the exact ones, but I bought. I know. Similar. I know that I, uh, I when I saw a picture of them. Yeah. Uh, I love like, those glasses. I, I, that's what I said. Yeah. I, I love those glasses. I can see how he got nominated. Yeah, I said. I, that's I asked, how Susan Lucci got nominated so many times. <laughs> well, I'm becoming the Susan Lucci of the Jeff Awards now. This is my second in a row here. Nomination and she went how many years? Like 17? Pretty long time. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully I break the streak. Yeah, you got a ways to go before you, you actually hit, hit that. Yeah, but it was very uh, no, it's very humbling and very honored. Um, I was very proud of I'm so, I'm very, I mean, our, our show got eight total nominations yeah that's pretty good and invictus as a theater got 10 total there's another um show the mountaintop that got two nominations as well that was produced by invictus so we had the the, the theater group got 10 overall but yes our show got eight um and pretty much across the board i mean we got almost everything um you know best play best director best performer um mark pract was uh, john proctor uh one of my also co-stars in the supporting actress um actor category is michaela voigt uh she was abigail williams um and then we've got breast set Best Ensemble and Best Costume Design. Very nice. Yeah, so eight nominations. Very excited. Are you working on anything now? Are you in rehearsals? Or uh, well, it's a couple of auditions that I'm looking to see, yeah. and so hopefully I'll be into something in the, in the spring. And uh, Invictus just uh, announced their uh, their new um, season. They're doing uh, Osage County, 
Oh, nice. August, Osage County coming up, and they're doing Network later in the year, and then they're doing Macbeth, so hope I'd love to do Network. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, very exciting. Well, in fact, you, I should. You would be a fantastic Howard Beale. I would love, I, I'm hoping, wow. I would love to yeah. just, I've been, I, I, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. I've been saying I'm as mad as hell, and I don't want to take it anymore right. in my own life yeah. for the last Oh, you're completely, un, uh, your, your unhinged <laughs> natural nature. <laughs> I think makes you a natural for that. I should mention very quickly, Invictus Theater, I don't know if you remember or if you heard this, but over the summer, there was a fire in their in their neighborhood, and their, the theater wasn't destroyed, but there was fire damage. Mm. And so they, are, they aren't able to use their, um, their theater on uh, Thorndale near Broadway. So now, uh, starting their new theater, in fact, previews start on Tuesday, they're going to be at the Windy City Playhouse uh, oh, on Irving near Park. Kedzie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 3014 Kedzie. That's a very nice... Or, or Irving Park. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful theater. It's huge. I mean, there's, you know, the the uh, the original theater that Invictus did our play in, and even Virginia Woolf's last year, which won best the Jeff for best play last year, um, they only had maybe 40 seats total, so now they've got about 100. There's yeah. a big... There's a bar. There's a... There's a beautiful it's lobby. It's a great with, theater that yeah. they, they renovated and they opened and they did a couple of productions there. And then COVID hit. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I really, I'd never heard what had happened there. I assumed that it must have been COVID. Yeah, it's uh, been vacant for like two or three years. They just haven't been able to survive. So I'm glad somebody else is going into yeah. that space. So it's, they're in there now cleaning it up and they the good. previews start on, um, on uh, Tuesday for uh, Top Dog, Underdog. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, also nominated for Jeff Awards for Best Musical, uh, the, uh, the production of American Psycho by Co-Candy Productions, Assassins from Theo Ubiquiu, uh, the Cabaret Theater, the SpongeBob Musical, uh, the Three Penny Opera, and Tick, Tick, Boom. The Jeff Awards will be given out on March 25th at the Park West and uh, tickets are available for that. I assume you're going to the. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm, I've, I've, I've got to write a speech. I'm, I, I got to put next to my speech that I wrote last year that I didn't use. <laughs> <laughs> but we did win best play last year, even though I was nominated. Yeah. But uh, did you get to go on stage? Yeah, we did for that. Everybody won. Yeah, for that one. Oh. Yeah, and like I said, we're, I'm glad that the ensemble got uh, you know because th- th- this Crucible we had uh, you know twenty over twenty actors. Yeah, in the play. So, uh, and it was a sold out run. So it was very exciting. And um, but it was funny when the uh, I didn't know what time the awards were going to be announced. You know, right? So I'm online checking. They, they said it was going to be February sixth. So I'm online and, at eight o'clock in the morning, and there's nothing on the website. And then it's nine o'clock, and there's nothing on the website. So now I'm at the hair club, and I'm sitting in the chair, <laughs> and I've got my phone, and it's now it's ten o'clock, and I'm like. You know, come on, when are we doing these? So then I, it wasn't on their website, so I just Googled in, um, you know, Jeff Award nominations. Maybe there's a press release. And then something popped up on the Sun-Times. So I go on there, and it said five minutes ago. So it must have been at 10 o'clock when they announced it officially. Right. So I go in there, and I'm looking at best performer, because I didn't know where my role might be. I wasn't in the first one, and now I'm seeing best supporting, and I'm going down the line. I'm going down the line. I'm like, oh, I didn't get it. But thankfully, they were alphabetical. So by the time Toronto came, they got, you I, almost, I almost stopped looking. Yeah. And then I went, ah, okay. Yeah. And I was, very, I was very excited because I, I really loved being in that play, and I loved 
that role, and I and I really was um, excited for it. I, I had a ball doing that. Um, the, everybody was so there was no weak link in that cast. So, um, and it's also the second year not only that I got nominated for a Jeff, but it's also the second year in a row that you haven't seen one of my plays. Uh, I've been I've, <laughs> I've been very busy. I don't I don't know what uh, I had lots of other commitments. Very busy. I didn't get a chance. A lot to of come meetings. Over and, a lot of meetings. See. <laughs> So well, maybe if you're Howard Beale, uh, that one that'll drag you out there that, one that time. I'll, that'll come. Yeah, I, I liked your glasses, but not enough to break an appointment to come and see. Uh, I also want those are my boots too. I wanted to uh, mention that uh, Chicago Theater Week has just kicked off, uh, and this if if you're a fan of Chicago theater, this is a great time. To go and experience some uh, productions around the Chicago area at very discounted prices. Uh, that's what uh, they do during Chicago Theater Week. Practically every theater in the Chicago area uh, is offering tickets at discount prices. Will you be for, going to those? For Chicago Theater Week. <laughs> you know, I've got, I've got laundry to do. I've got, Got, uh, you know, I got to get my tax papers together. Got, Just a, a bad of, time for me it's, right it's, now. It's a busy time of year. But there are shows, uh, for example, Music Man is out at the Metropolis Performing Arts Center in Arlington Heights right now. It's and, a beautiful theater. Yeah, they're uh, doing productions for Theater Week. Blue Man Group is offering uh, tickets for Theater Week at discount prices. In the Heights, uh, the Lin-Manuel Miranda musical is uh, out at the Marriott in Lincolnshire. The Lyric Opera is uh, presenting a Champion right now. The Goodman Theater has Highway Patrol. I saw that. Dana Delaney. Excellent. Do you like it? I liked it a lot. All right, there yeah. you go. Very good. Uh, Teatro Zinzani that uh, I went to see on New Year's Eve. They have a whole new show, and it's terrific. And they are offering tickets now with uh, uh, Chicago Theater Week. Working a musical, it's a musical adaptation oh, the of the Studs Terkel. Billy Elliot, the musical, is part of this uh, Chicago Theater Week. So, I mean, there are all kinds of uh, productions for you to see. And if uh, you've been waiting, you know, for an opportunity to go and check out some of these shows and looking for some discount prices, now is the time to do it. Uh, if you go to the League of Chicago Theaters website, you can get information on it. Hotticks.com has information on it. Uh, Chicago Theater Week is going on until February 18th. Andy, have you ever covered the Super Bowl? Have you ever actually gone to the game, you know, got into the madness, all oh, the yeah. pregame madness and all that? Yeah, when the Bears played the uh, the Colts oh, of course. back in 2007, and it was Dave Bennett and I were sitting in the auxiliary press box, which is outside. Uh, very at the top of the stadium with a little canopy over us. And if you remember correctly, that night it was raining, and right. it didn't stop raining the entire yes. night. And when some genius decided to uh, attack the uh, the canvas with a broom and let the water cascade all the way down <laughs> the staircases do where all that. of us had our bags, oh, that was a lot of fun. Right. But it was a great event. I mean, it was the, the, the hype is crazy because that media day experience is ridiculous right. because everybody is on the field at the same time. You know, you're trying to get uh, some stories because there's two weeks. You know, you're trying to entertain an audience, uh, you know, with with different things. And then you've got the the comedians out there doing their thing, and you've right. got the other people out there doing their thing, and foreign language, and it's 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 crazy. I mean, it's it's really hard to uh, to get a lot done, and there are long days. 
the people that cover it, it, they don't get to really see the cities that they're in very much because no, you're usually busy, in the, busy work. Yeah, you're usually working and trying to put together some stuff and yeah. stories, and you get there uh, really early in the morning and you leave later at night. But it was well worth it to say that uh, I got to cover one, and the one we were at, we were fortunate enough to see Billy Joel do the national anthem and Prince oh. do the halftime show. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that was Prince? That, so that was, was pretty great, good, yeah. That was the wow. greatest halftime show ever. Yeah, I mean, the the, op- the opening kick was the best because yeah, right. Kevin Hester took it back for a touchdown. <laughs> that was about the game. And then after that, we were looking forward to Prince. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess it's like covering the Oscars. You know, the event is so big, and there's yeah. so much hype. And when you're working it, it is the like one of the hardest days ever. Yeah, it's tough to work. It, it, it's a, it's a lot. Uh, Shwani, what's the biggest news event that you've ever uh, covered? You know what? One of them was the year the Bears won the Super Bowl in 1986. Hmm. I was out all night. It was very very cold, and uh, everybody was oh, just. Man, in I remember s- how cold. Such oh. an absolutely exuberant mood. It was like zero. It was it was close to it, but yeah. we did live reports all night from uh, Michigan Avenue, and then over uh, in the Daily Center uh, area there, uh, the Daily Plaza, where they were getting ready to set up for the uh, uh, parade. the parade and the rally the next day. We did live reports well into the morning. Oh. I got into the station at 4 a.m., and we got phone calls from all over the country wanting uh, material. Wanting was, reports and things yeah, like that. Yeah, oh, it yep. was just great. I was an intern at Channel 2 uh, during that time. So I was I was probably with you out there, Shwani. <laughs> you may because I was out been. there with yeah. Phil Ponce f- filming and, or you know, wow. covering and, the well, uh, you would you would remember you would remember the parade later. I got home and I was so wound up. I thought I can't miss this parade. <laughs> so I had some lunch and went back out, and it was packed there on uh, LaSalle Street. Yeah, so much so that the bus could not get through. Well, the police had yeah, to part. I remember the people. that. Uh, for them that. to get to uh, the Daily Center for the rally. That yeah, was just an amazing couple of days. What'd you have for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. You come home and have a nice can of tomato soup. <laughs> tomato soup and a tuna sandwich. Nice With a warm tomato cheese. soup. But that, you know, that was one of, that was an amazing That's what story. I took out of this whole story. It's like, oh, we, we went home for lunch. What did he have? <laughs> Well, you know, now, uh, just to change the subject for a minute, we were talking about 45 RPM records a yes. little while ago. Yeah. Seven inch singles. You don't want to yes. talk about those anymore? <laughs> um, do Elton or Dean, do you well, I would love to, one? but I, Dean's giving me a, a stare he's down right now. Stare he's, getting, down. he's getting the skunk eye right oh, now. Oh, man. Do you have any of the picture sleeves? Oh, I've got all the I told yeah. you, I've got all the picture yes. sleeves. Yes, yes. Andy, can I go get you a sandwich or something? <laughs> I'd like that, please. I've got gonna, the picture sleeves in my jukebox, like that. When, 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 oh, that's I need great. A, a yes. Loaf. That is uh, the musical group ensemble known as Up With People. I was wondering, what's the connection here? <laughs> Up With People uh. did the Super Bowl halftime show multiple years uh, back when uh, Super Bowl halftime shows were something completely different. Terrible, you mean. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know. Oh, you like this? I, I don't. It's not terrible. Oh, really? Wow. It's not Prince, but it's. <laughs> not, yeah, they did the Super Bowl when the Bears were there. I don't. In New Orleans. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they did it uh, like well into the 90s. They used to have marching bands. It wasn't like the whole big rock pop music yeah. extravaganza like it is today. Well, the, the very first, uh, it wasn't even called the Super Bowl when it started in 1967. 
What was it called? Just the championship, NFL championship game. game yeah. yeah. Uh, 1967, uh, the uh, the University of Arizona and Grambling State marching right. bands performed. <laughs> Two marching bands right. performed, and that was the case until 1970, when Carol Channing. Are you kidding? Did the Super Bowl halftime show? Well, hello, Dolly. <laughs> Did she sing Hello, Dolly? I don't know. Oh, no. I, I, I've been looking Are for you? a recording of that forever. I have never been able to find a recording of Carol Channing. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine with that giant like parasol dress and everything coming out and singing Hello, Dolly? Football is a girl's best friend. Divers are a girl's best so she, friend. So she did it in 1970. Oh, my God. Florida A&M Band did it in 71. <laughs> 72, Ella Fitzgerald, Carol Channing, and Ooh. Al Hurt. Again with Carol Channing? With the U.S. Marine Corps drill team. zaba dabba dooba yeah, so, uh, I mean, they had kind of traditional, a lot of marching bands. Uh, Carol Channing has done it more than Prince. Al, that's true. That's true. Uh, they did, wow. uh, in 1977, they did It's a Small World with Disney. <laughs> were, things so, were, that, were things that lame? I don't know. That many, many years was. ago? Let's see. That was 1977. They could have. Oh my god! They could have had the Bee Gees or it's somebody. A small world, right? But I mean, I, I, they just had not really thought about these big time rock and roll shows until. Yeah. What was the first one? Then? 1991. Uh, New Kids on the Block. So they were the first ones, like uh, to, of that. Or like, well, yeah. Well, not, well, well, wait. Well, there's Channing. 1988, the Rockettes and Chubby Checker. Okay, that doesn't count. <laughs> did he twist again like he did last he did. summer? Of course he did. That's all he's been doing for the yeah. last 60 years. Uh, uh, wow. Yeah, but New Kids New on the Block kids. were 91. Gloria Estefan with Brian Boitano and Dorothy Hamill. What the heck? Were 1992. What, kind, what, did, what did Dorothy Hamill and Brian Boitano do? 1993, Michael Jackson. Okay, now they're getting serious. And 3,500 local children. That's a surprise. It was part, <laughs> part of the... <laughs> he did that whole heal the world thing. Uh, oh, right. Thing. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, 1994, Clint Black, Tanya Tucker, Travis Tritt, Winona, and Naomi Judd hmm. did the halftime show. Wow. 95, Tony Bennett... Yeah, Patti LaBelle, Arturo Sandoval, the Miami Sound Machine did the halftime show. I didn't know Tony did it. Uh, 1996 was Diana Ross. 97, the Blues Brothers Bash oh, God. with Dan Aykroyd, John Goodman, and Jim Belushi. Right. Also featuring James Brown and ZZ Top. <laughs> wow. How about that? Interesting. That's a queer, that's a odd... Uh, let's see, eight ninety eight. Boys to Men, Smokey Robinson, Queen Latifah, Martha Reeves and the Temptations, nineteen ninety nine. Stevie Wonder, Gloria Estefan, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Wow, so Gloria Estefan has done it quite a few times. She's done it a few times. Yeah. Uh, year two thousand. Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, oh. and Tony Braxton. Jeez. 
But then now it's now it starts to get pretty huge. Yeah. Two thousand and one, in sync, Britney Spears, uh, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly. Two thousand two, U two. Uh, two thousand three, Shania Twain, No Doubt, and Sting. Two thousand four, Janet Jackson, Kid Rock, P Diddy, Nelly, and Justin Timberlake. Wardrobe malfunction year. That was the malfunction uh-huh, that year. That was the year. Yeah, that was the malfunction year. Uh, 2005 was Paul McCartney, 2006, The Rolling Stones, 2007, Prince, 2008, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, 2009, Bruce Springsteen, uh, 2010, The Who, 2011, The Black Eyed Peas, Usher, and Slash. So he was just part of the 2011 show, but he headlines this year. 2012 was Madonna. After that, it was Beyonce, Bruno Mars, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Katy Perry, Lenny Kravitz, Missy Elliott, Coldplay, Beyonce, Bruno Mars, Lady Gaga, Justin Timberlake again in 2018, uh, 2019, Maroon 5, Travis Scott, Big Boy, 2020, Shakira, Jennifer Lopez, Bad Bunny, J Balvin. Emmy Moon, yes. <laughs> now you lost me. <laughs> you had me and you lost me. You don't know Bad Bunny? I know Bad Bunny, Bad but Bunny I don't know Jay Bad Balvin. Bunny. Yeah. I've heard of Bad Bunny. I don't. Uh, 2021, The Weeknd. That was a good show. That was a good show that year. Uh, 2022, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Blige. Remember that was, that was like the hip-hop year, the, yeah. the hip-hop rap year. Uh, 2023, last year was... Rihanna, remember she was pregnant? Right, yeah. Showed off her baby bump yeah. for the first time there. I don't think there will ever be another rock, pure rock act again, do you? It's just not popular enough, mm. you know? I, I, don't know who would, I don't know who would merit that anymore, that would, would have that kind of mainstream let's appeal, say, hip-hop. Brought back, well, I mean, hip-hop and rap is, is the super, music. That's super popular right yeah. now, but it's not the music. Uh, you know, they could bring back U2. You think so? Yeah. At this point? I think they could. Um, I mean, the Stones may be out of, you know, the fact that they're 80. But I just, it seems like rock is, to me, rock, you know, it's not the mainstream it's not the accepted main. music anymore. It's, so I don't know. It's, it's not the mainstream music. Honestly, and I know people feel very polarized by this, of hip-hop and rap music. Hip-hop and rap music is the... Is, that's right. the mainstream popular music right That's now. what I mean. So I can't see how could rock, because now the Super Bowl is a mainstream yeah, but, event, so yeah. I don't think rock fits. Yeah, but U2 would, I mean, U2 would definitely. Do you think the fit. Swifties care about U2? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I do. Well, Taylor Swift isn't hip-hop. She, uh, no, know, but she's Obviously, she's she could do the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, she uh, could. You know, she, she definitely could do it. Uh, I mean, there, there are a lot of people, I think, who could who are not hip-hop or rap, uh, but there, there's no denying that that is, uh, you know, if you ask your kids or your grandkids, uh, they are into today's hip-hop. Of course. Well, look, Kanye West, for all of the nuttiness of Kanye West, and re- honestly, just downright hate and anti-Semitism from him, the, the uh, not only insane, but insanely hateful things that he has said and done. He sold out the United Center the other night for the first listening party. <laughs> for a listening party for for the opportunity to come and hear his new album before it was released. Sold out the United Center. Did they charge for that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some people paid a thousand dollars to get in to hear that. 
Honest to God. For for was he there? Insane Kanye West. Yes. Okay, he was there at least. Yeah, he was there, and some others performed with him. Yeah. And his ten-year-old daughter, Northwest. Oh, really? She has a song where she on the album raps now. Oh, sure. She was there uh, performing as well. Wow. So I knew that they were going to do that, but I didn't know if he was going to actually show up. So Usher is going to do the uh, halftime show. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I think it's going to be good. I, I like I like his music. He actually reminds me of Michael Jackson a lot. With uh, his the his dancing. music seems to be more like R and B dancey, and he is a tremendous tremendous dancer performer. So I think that's going to be great. But the other uh, performers, entertainment, if you will, for the show tonight for the game, uh, will be Reba McIntyre singing the national anthem. I think that's going to be great. Um, Post Malone is going to sing America the Beautiful, which is, I'm so curious to see how he's going to yeah. do that. He's a good singer, though. Because he's a good singer, but he's a, he's a yeah. rap artist uh, singing America the Beautiful. And I presume he's going to do a traditional version. I hope he doesn't do a rap version <laughs> of <laughs> Spacious Skies. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that uh, turns out. And then Andre Day, for the last few years, they've been doing uh, what's known as the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Oh, and uh, jazz singer Andre Day is going to uh, do that. So that's going to th- – those three will be before kickoff. And then uh, Usher, of course, is uh, going to be for the halftime show. I have a prop bet he's going to take his shirt off during the second song. I have a prop bet that I'm going to do it during the next break myself. All right. Lucky you. I've been waiting. (laughs) Uh, There are rumors that Justin Bieber is going to be joining Usher uh, during the show tonight. Because aren't there careers? confirmed, yeah. Didn't Usher uh, discovered him? They've worked together. They're longtime pals. Yeah, yeah. So it's possible we could get uh, a a Justin Bieber surprise uh, tonight. But watch anyway. As, uh, <laughs> all right, coming up, we will celebrate the Lunar New Year. Uh, some people call it uh, Asian New Year. Some people call it Chinese New Year. But uh, it is the Lunar New Year, which is celebrated uh, in many parts of the world. Many restaurants and uh, some special spots around the Chicago area are doing some special things for the new Lunar New Year. We'll talk about those Coming up after eleven thirty, um, I'm I've been told that we've been having requests of people wondering what I'm making today. Yeah, I mean, come on, the, this is... uh, for the Super Bowl. You actually asked me. I asked you that first times. thing. What are yeah, you doing? And I've been ignoring. I've completely. I know. Well, ignored. that's in addition to the other ignoring. <laughs> when I my, more than more than my the usual yeah. way that I just completely ignore them. Yeah. Uh, during the show. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, well, because we we have an abbreviated show today, so we don't have a full food segment. But uh, what here? This is uh, I'm probably not going to do this during the game itself today because watching the Super Bowl is a work day for me. So I'm going to be sitting with my computer and taking notes down. Because you do have to do like a recap. Tomorrow. I have to recap yeah. it all tomorrow. So it's it's not like I can throw a Super Bowl party. But what I made on my cooking segment this past Wednesday was my Super Bowl twist. The number one food which is sold which is served on Super Bowl Sunday is pizza. And that you know, that's certainly simple enough. You can order out or go get a frozen or, you know, whatever. It's you want to do it uh, quick and easy, it certainly is easy to do that. So I did something a little bit different. I made wonton pizza cups. 
Wow. I took wonton skins, nice. which you can buy in the, they're in the produce section. Took the wonton skins and uh, took two of them and kind of crossed them diagonally and put them in muffin tins, greased muffin tins. Huh. So I filled up the muffin tins with these wonton skins, popped them in the oven 400 degrees for about five minutes just to crisp up the uh, the wonton skins. Do they get bigger? Skins. They don't get too much bigger. So they're kind of thin still. They're still very... And they're in a cross. They're very thin. They're in a cross. And now they've gotten a little crispy. Uh, so I take them back out, and then I fill them with traditional pizza fillings. I put a little pizza sauce. So there's enough... There's enough to, there, plenty there, of room. There's plenty of room to for fill a, a really nice filling of pizza sauce. Put a little mozzarella cheese in there. Uh, you can put pepperoni. You can put sausage. Uh, I did some with um, green pepper and red bell pepper. I did some mushroom. I did just a whole different variety of different fillings. A little more mozzarella on top and a little sprinkle of uh, Parmesan. Put them back in the oven for about 7 to 10 minutes. Everything melts up. The, the wonton skins crisp up even more now. You take them out. Uh, you let them cool, and then before you serve them, you take like a half of a basil leaf and just place it on top. It's pretty. It adds a little right. color to the whole thing. But, you know, fresh basil on anything is fantastic. And you take them out of the muffin tins, and you serve them, and you've got this really unique way of serving pizza. And there's a structure. So so when, when, you, first, when you first put the wontons in the muffin tin yeah. and you cross them, yep. do they take on the round shape of the yep. muffin? Yeah. So that's, oh, so now you've got this little. That creates the shell. That actually makes a shell. It's like a wonton skin yeah. shell. Remember like the old taco salads? It's like a taco Remember salad. Remember the old, yeah. those bowls? Whatever very, happened to the taco salad? Very similar to that. <laughs> if you want the the recipe for that, if you want to see the video of me making it on the air, we've got it all posted up at uh, WGNTV.com. And that's your invention? Uh, well, I, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I guess it is. Uh, also, my friend Lalo, who is from Mexico originally, uh, has... Uh, always for different parties for friends he makes uh, the best guacamole i've ever had in my life <laughs> and he gave me his recipe that i did a couple of years ago i did it on the air the recipe is still posted it's so easy and so delicious you want the best guacamole that you will ever have uh, go on wgntv.com look for lalo's best guacamole ever uh it's on there for you before Dave Bennett and Billy McKinney take to the air, we have a little bit of time to uh, dig into some good bites. As I had mentioned to you, the Lunar New Year is uh, underway, the Year of the Dragon. And uh, lots of the Asian restaurants around the Chicago area are putting on special menus, doing special things. Uh, but there were 11 that were cited. In uh, a terrific article that was written by Lauren Azu, the Chicago Tribune, Lunar New Year 2024, 11 Chicago restaurant events and specials to roar in the year of the dragon. And uh, Lauren joins us on the phone line right now. Lauren, happy year of the dragon. Hello. Hi, Dean. Happy year of the dragon. Nice to have you with us here today. So you found some special places that people want to go and uh, celebrate uh, the Lunar New Year this year. What? What's? Give me one of them that's on your list. 
One on my list is Chicago's oldest Chinese bakery, Chu Quan in Chinatown, and they serve Chinese pastries year-round, but they do a lot of special things for the Lunar New Year, um, like wheat fried dumplings, sticky year cakes, uh, brown sugar fortune cakes. So I would definitely recommend people check them out. Yeah, and that's in uh, Chinatown, of course, 22... 22- 53 South Wentworth. It's a Chi Quan uh, bakery. Uh, also, another bakery that you cited is uh, up in the north suburbs, right? Yeah, Deerfield Bakery. Uh, they had very cute cakes, cupcakes, cake pops, and they're really like shaped with lanterns. They had little dragons, Sakura blossoms, so all really cute, colorful, lots of red and gold used in their pastries. Yeah, so, you know, these are not uh, all strictly in Chinatown. These are also in the suburbs. Uh, Deerfield Bakery is 813 North Waukegan Road. Uh, the Big Bowl restaurant chain, you know, which is kind of franchisey and you, you would think might not be doing anything special, is this year. Uh, what was it that uh, caught your eye at Big Bowl? Well, Big Bowl, their specials wrap up tomorrow, and they do have one downtown and two in the suburbs. Um, but everything looked really um, tasty. They had a blood orange sangria, so again, playing with the red, the orange colors. And they had short rib potstickers, chuchuan shrimp, and pork noodles, and then um, a really delicious-looking crispy ginger cod yeah. um, that they symbolized they said symbolize growth and prosperity for the new year that really caught my eye in your article the crispy crispy ginger cod which i love cod i love ginger i would have never thought of putting the two together and uh i guess if it's crispy apparently it's some kind of deep fry preparation on that i would guess right yeah, and, um, you know, perfect for Lent, too, I guess, if you're thinking about right. it. <laughs> yeah, that begins, begins uh, you know, this this week, uh, w- you know, will begin. All right, let's go back to Chinatown for a minute. Uh, you cited the Hing Ki Restaurant. Uh, tell me about the Hing Ki Restaurant. So that event, they're putting on a dumpling-making dinner t- uh, next week, Saturday and Sunday, but it's looking like it's sold out already. Um, But this is an educational workshop that the Chinese Cultural Institute puts on every year. I believe they said this is like the 20th year, and people can learn how to make dumplings. Then there's also storytelling and a traditional lion dance that people can watch. But it looks like if you go on Eventbrite, it looks like you can be added to the wait list for the event. So that is a possibility. Yeah, that sounds like that would be uh, something really fun. Fun, especially like, you know, take the kids for the storytelling and the line dancing. I'm sure it's very colorful and fun. Uh, that is the Hing Key Restaurant on South Archer in Chicago. Tell me about what's going on at Nine Bar. Nine Bar is uh, 216 West Cermak in Chicago, but they have uh, also a lot that's going on, right? Yes. Um, Nine Bar, we've covered. They're one of Chinatown's only cocktail bars. And tomorrow, Monday, they're putting on an Asian-inspired night market along with Mars Community Brewing in Bridgeport. And they're going to be hosting with novel pizza. Um, They're going to be serving food and beverage options. 
And then people who go can shop from various vendors there, and there will also be a DJ. Okay, that's fun. The uh, Sunwa Barbecue Restaurant, it's a Hong Kong-style restaurant uh, that's uh, in, uh, I guess, kind of Andersonville, uh, 5039 North Broadway in Chicago. Uh, They've got special uh, doings going on. Uh, Also, uh, if you uh, want something... Uh, and you got a lot of money to spend. Uh, the <laughs> the Peninsula uh, Hotel uh, has a fabulous uh, Chinese uh, restaurant, Asian restaurant, the uh, Shanghai Terrace. What are, what are they doing for a mere one hundred sixty eight dollars per guest? Well, if yeah, if you want to live large for the new year, you can get uh, Chef Elmo Han at Shanghai Terrace is preparing golden shrimp, Chilean sea bass lemon chicken, beef tenderloin and exo sauce, and also a strawberry chocolate mousse. And that is through today. And he's also preparing a um, Chinese New Year-inspired cocktail with chili, goji berry, and gray goose. I love that. I love that. <laughs> it's a, it's an incredible restaurant. 168 bucks uh, might be a little rich for me, but... Uh, it, it, the food, I've been there many times for much less, uh, money and, uh, it is uh, pretty spectacular at 108 East Superior Street. You can read more if you go to chicagotribune.com. Uh, the article is Lunar New Year 2024 written by Lauren Azu. I thank you for joining us today and thank you and have a great Sunday. Thank you, Lauren. Yes, well, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you tomorrow morning between uh, 8 and 8.30 on Bob Surratt Show, as we do Monday through Friday. Also on the WGN-TV Morning News, Monday through Friday.